One of the most famous stories in scripture is found in Luke chapter 21. It's about the widow's might. I'm going to read it to you very quickly. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty. She put in all that she had to live on. I, I think I can look back into my memory all the back, way to going to Sunday school as a child and this story would come up. And today, as I was reading through scripture, I came to it again and it sparked a lot of thoughts and several memories. So here's a memory. Many years ago, at least 30, maybe more, I was invited to speak at a new church plant that eventually became New Life Community Church. You may know the name Pete Scazzaro. Uh, and I went there to, to, to preach, and it had happened that a family had lost everything in a fire. And they were collecting money and furniture and appliances for this family in order that they could put their life back together. After the service, I happened to be standing out at the door when a young man, maybe in his 30s, who obviously had some mental and emotional challenges, came up to the pastor with a small, used, wind-up clock. He couldn't really articulate what it is that he wanted to do, but he kept handing it to the pastor. And I think the pastor was taken back, not sure what it was, until finally he caught on. Oh, he's providing a gift for this family, a used old wind-up clock. And he gave it to him. Now, I had watched other people present the pastor with envelopes with finances and presented the pastor with... Uh, information about where they could pick up furniture, but I was stunned by this particular gift. And it reminded me of the widow's might. This young man was challenged. He wasn't well-dressed. He couldn't articulate even what it is he was doing. And yet, if you will, out of his own poverty, he gave. And it was very, very touching to me. You know, there's, there's another scripture about a woman that comes in and washes Jesus' feet. And uh, she breaks an alabaster vial and pours this very expensive perfume out. And people were being critical. And Jesus said, she's done a beautiful thing for me. And that the poor you always have with you, but... What she has done will be remembered through the generations. I think that's true also of the widow might, widow's might. And here it is, maybe as many as 40 years after I saw this event, I still remember. I, I can put a face to this moment. I don't remember the faces or the names of the other people that gave, but I remember that. 
something moving that out of this person's poverty, they gave and they gave generously. Now, to be honest with you, for many of us that live here in the United States, we don't have a real understanding of giving financially out of poverty. I mean, there comes times when we maybe can't pay all of our bills or we don't have enough, but poverty, not so much. There are many that do exist in poverty. But for many of us, I don't think we can really understand this notion of coming to your last pennies and giving them to the Lord as a joyful offering in order to help other people. But thinking about that, I began to wonder if I shouldn't expand my view of poverty. Because it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can still live in a certain degree of poverty. You can be lonely. You can be struggling physically. You can be down, even depressed. Maybe you're a person who's been misunderstood, lives in anxiety, feels insignificant. You see, all of these are, if you will, an evidence of a certain form of poverty. And yet I would say to you that even in these circumstances, maybe especially in these circumstances, we should seek to give out of that which we have very little to someone else. Okay, let me go back for a minute because I, I had this thought today. I wonder if the widow, when she gave the mite, not only did it out of joy for the Lord, obedience, and hope, but I wonder if there was a spiritual dynamic that was taking place underneath that. I wonder if somehow in her giving she was breaking a spirit of poverty. I don't know, but I think there are a lot of scriptures that talk about the fact that when we give, God gives back to us. And that there are spiritual dynamics often that come around us in the midst of our own struggles, in the midst of our own, if you will, poverties. And how when we act counterintuitively in that moment and give from a place where we feel we are actually lacking, where we're feeling we're actually impoverished, that there may be a spiritual dynamic here that's not only an offering to God and a help to others, but a breaking of something, a breaking of some kind of a darkness. Now, as I say that, I am well aware that there are times that when I'm experiencing a certain poverty, that it feels like I just can't find it in myself to turn and help someone else, especially in that same area. But, but let, me, let me just go a little dif different direction with us for a moment. You've probably heard me mention before the psychiatrist Daniel Siegel. And he talks about something called integration, the brain integration of different aspects of how we've been made and how we can rely on those in difficult circumstances. And one of the integrations he talks about is state integration. State integration. And what he says is 
that no matter what particular emotion is dominating us, particularly let's think of negative emotions like anxiety or fear or despair or depression or maybe the, the feeling of being misunderstood or insignificant, that no matter how dominant that emotion is, and it seems to be encasing us, that there's a part of us that's still in another state, that we could still find within ourselves a place of joy, a place of gratitude, even a place of strength. Now, at the time, it, it feels like that is not true. I know that in my own journey through depression or anxiety. But what he's saying is, with a little help from our friends, we're able to look at another aspect of ourselves and find that even in suffering, there can be joy. All right, now let me go in a little different direction for just a moment. One of the things that we teach at Healing Care, and the list I'm going to give you has been particularly shaped by Dr. Ann Halley. We talk about the fact that all of us live with certain core longings. We all long to be loved. I mean, we were made coming out desiring with a lot of things, but one of those is the manifestation of love and care. We long to be loved. We long to belong. Isolation doesn't fit us well, though we often turn there when we are wounded. We long to feel safe in a world that seems to offer a lot of opportunities for harm. We like to know there's a place of security. We all long to be significant. We want to matter. We want to make a difference. We long to have a purpose. Why are we here? What is it that we're going to be contributing? And we long to be understood, understood in the sense of our own uniqueness. Now, here's where I want to go with this. There are times when we are experiencing a certain poverty in any one or all of these areas. We don't feel loved. We don't feel like we belong. We're not experiencing safety. We don't know that we matter, that we're significant, that we have a purpose and that we're well understood by others. Have you ever felt that? I have felt that in some areas of my life. Now, here's what I'm suggesting to you. Could it be that out of our poverty in that area, we should give to someone else? All right, you're probably asking, what do I mean in a concrete example? Well, what if you feel like you don't matter? What if you would identify someone else and that you would go out of your way to make sure they knew that they mattered. You'd know how important that was because you yourself are longing to experience that. What if you today, out of that feeling of not being significant, made sure to make someone else feel significant? You reached in for, if you will, the, the widow's might left over of all you have in significance and you gave it to someone else. Now, what if you're experiencing a sense of, I don't belong, and you're lonely? And it hurts deeply, doesn't it? You've made for community. Well, once again, what if we gave out of our poverty? It's not like we're overflowing in that area, but that might be the very area where we need today to think about somebody else 
Help them feel like they belong, that they're important. The same thing is true of all these core longings. If you wrestle with not being understood, I, I understand that. But maybe you need to find someone else and hear them and let them know they are understood. See, this is the principle that I think is growing out of the story. It's not just that you give out of your financial poverty, but what if we gave out of other aspects of our poverty? And that somehow we could break a spirit of poverty that may be holding us in this place of feeling unloved, that we don't belong, that we're not safe, we're not significant, we have no purpose, nobody understands. What if in state integration we look for that other aspect of strength that may be present there, and then by faith, with the Lord's help, give to someone right in the very place where we most need to receive. Could it be that that also is a teaching that grows out of the story of the widow's might? Think about that with me. You may see that God all of a sudden brings someone right to your mind or very present with you, and you realize that the ache of your own heart can be the very place that you can contribute to them and change their lives in Jesus' name.